Hey everybody, welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Acts chapter 26. It reads, So Agrippa said to Paul, You have permission to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched out his hand and made his defense. I consider myself fortunate that it is before you, King Agrippa, I'm going to make my defense today against all the accusations of the Jews, especially because you are familiar with all the customs and controversies of the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, spent from the beginning among my own nation and in Jerusalem, is known by all the Jews. They have known for a long time, if they're willing to testify, that according to the strictest party of our religion I have lived as a Pharisee. And now I stand here on trial because of my hope and the promise made by God to our fathers, to which our twelve tribes hope to attain, as they earnestly worship night and day. And for this hope I am accused by the Jews, O King. Why is it thought incredible by any of you that God raises the dead? I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in imposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth, and I did so in Jerusalem. I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them, and I punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme, and in raging fury against them, I persecuted them, even to foreign cities. In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and the commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Is it hard for you to kick against the goads? And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins in a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. For this reason the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. To this day I have had the help that comes from God. And so I stand here testifying both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that the Christ must suffer, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. And as he was saying these things in his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you're out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. But Paul said, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I am speaking true and rational words. For the king knows about these things, and to him I speak boldly. For I am persuaded that none of these things has escaped his notice, for this has not been done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. And Agrippa said to Paul, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul said, whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except for these chains. Then the king arose, and the governor and Bernice, and those who were sitting with them. And when they had withdrawn, they said to one another, this man is doing nothing to deserve death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, this man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. For today's nugget of truth, we're really going to focus in on Paul's words here in verse 20. Because as we look at this in relation to the story of what we've been seeing in Acts, this displays truly the fulfillment that is taking place of the purpose that we saw all the way back in Acts 1.8.
It's there that we read, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Here we see Paul say it this way, I declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the regions of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. You see, Paul's defense here in a large way kind of wraps up the focus of what Acts has been trying to display in terms of the spread of the gospel. We do still have the footnote of his trip to Rome that is a fulfillment of what it said to him in the vision that he had that he would go make his defense before Rome. We're already seeing how Acts 1.8 is being fulfilled because he has taken it from the first place he was at, Damascus, then to Jerusalem, through Judea, and to all these regions that he's gone to with the Gentiles. He is displaying what it looks like to be the mature disciple that God is looking for, the one that Theophilus is hoping to become and hoping to grow into as he is reading this account of what's taking place. He's desiring to grow in what God is doing. Now, Paul has shown how he's been faithful to what God has called him to do. He took the gospel at the first place that he received it, which was Damascus. He shared with everyone there. Then as God took him back to Jerusalem, he continued to share there. And every place he went, the gospel continued to extend because of his work and because God was working in and through him to expand into these different regions. And so this kind of almost is a pinnacle point in the book of Acts in terms of saying, hey, the fulfillment that we promised you in Acts chapter 1 that God said was going to take place is here on display as it's now moving to its fulfillment. And that should be exciting for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, when God makes a promise, that's going to take place. God promised that this would take place. He promised that the Holy Spirit was coming. He promised that his kingdom would extend despite all of the persecution and all of the hindrances that have taken place. Many individuals have lost their lives. Many people have been taken to court and many other undesirable things have been taking place. But his promise continues to maintain and continues to hold true. Second, it's also something that we should be excited about because the gospel is extending to all places. When we think about this, it's no longer just this one little part of the world, nor is it this one little people group who has access to the gospel and what's taking place. As Paul has gone through this known world at this period of time, he's gone through these major trade routes, and he's been faithful to preach the gospel to all the people who are there. Some of them live in those places, some of them are coming from other places and take the gospel back to where they are. And the gospel is exploding at this point in time in its reach to all places of the world. And now certainly, yes, Paul is going to be taking the gospel to Rome by himself. And we'll see that that takes place as he's there for over two years when we read that at the end of Acts chapter 28. But at this point in time, really, you can say that what he is trying to do is well on its way to fulfillment. Paul has been faithful to be the witness everywhere he has been. And that question then comes to turn to us. Are we faithful to be the witness of the testimony of what we have seen the gospel to be? Are we extending that so it continues to move towards the true ends of the earth? Or are we not faithful to responding that way? Has the gospel truly gripped us? Are we making a difference with what God has given us for the cause of the gospel? And that's my challenge for you to think about today. What is it that this passage, that this fulfillment, that these promises, that Paul's testimony and that Paul's faithfulness, 
What is it that those things combine to instill in you? Is it a greater call to be faithful to what God has revealed to you and sharing the gospel with others? Is it a call for you to be on mission and be willing to leave where you're at to go extend the gospel to wherever that is? Or is it simply just a greater desire to be found faithful at whatever it is that God is calling you to do at the moment? Whether you're enduring hardships or even persecution, whatever situation you may be in, Paul has been on display for us to show that even when it seems like the best opportunities for the gospel to be spreading are not able to take place because of circumstance, he demonstrates how God faithfully works through those situations to extend his kingdom and extend his glory through the faithful service of his obedient and willing servants. As far as a question for today, I really want to focus back in in verse 24. It's here that Festus responds to what Paul has displayed by saying, Paul, you're out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. Now, when we look at that, there's not really something that signals to us, hey, what is it about what Paul is saying that really is not acceptable to Festus? And what is it that he's saying, hey, a learned person wouldn't believe this? When we look into it, what he's really talking about is this concept of the resurrection, the thing that the Sadducees did not believe in, the thing that he's really been on trial for, that somebody could rise from the dead. And when we think about that, that is something that really doesn't quite make sense to us. How is it that something that is truly dead can be raised to life? And that's the mystery of the gospel of what takes place, that life can be restored to that. And we see that with Jesus being the firstborn of the resurrection. And so that is what is a stumbling block to Festus, as well as many other people throughout history. How can something like this make sense? The gospel doesn't make sense by man's thoughts in so many different ways in terms of what's taking place. Why would God pay for my penalty? Why would he do that? Why is it that I can't understand how life can be brought back into life by something that is dead? All these different concepts that could be going around about the rational reasons for unbelief. But we have to understand once again that it's truly the hearts of faith that the gospel has impacted with the power of the Holy Spirit, bringing about that transformation that allows for there to be belief. And so Festus is lacking that at this point. He is held up by the different things and different thoughts of rational teaching that are keeping him from understanding the truth of the gospel. His heart has been hardened, and he is not in a repentant state. But we see that Paul will faithfully continue to minister to those types of people, to tell them the hope and the truth of the resurrection, and that he's okay with people calling him mad or calling him crazy for what he believes because he is assured of his faith. He is 100% confident in what is there, and his faith continues to grow as he continues to be faithful to spreading the gospel to others. So what is the question that this passage lays on your heart? What is it that you want to understand in a greater sense that you want to dig into and study a little bit more? Pray that you find tools that you can do that with. Find people that you can do with that. Because as you study God's word in community, you together will grow together and sharpen one another in your understanding for what God is trying to do in our midst. Know today you were loved. You're-